0: Welcome back to the Most Accurate Podcast here at 444 4 Football. As always, I'm your host, John Daigle, here for the Week 4 Waiver Wire Preview Pod. That's right, nearly a month into the season. As always, we will also be using the Waiver Wire column on 44.com, usually up by Monday afternoon for you. For those joining us live as we go half, live at halftime of Monday Night Football every single week, they are seeing a preview of the column right now in front of them. And as we inch along, as you go along further, you will notice that we have our Sleeper Pickup of the Week. Of course, brought to you by our friends at Sleeper, one of the fastest-growing, customizable fantasy football platforms in the industry, and at 48% rostered, around the borderline, the cusp of what we usually talk about in players. It is none other than Khalil Herbert, a very easy one, the cover boy of most waiver wire columns this week and that's because after david montgomery left in the first quarter khalil herbert handled 22 running back touches and did what he normally does when he takes over the backfield 7.8 yards per carry seven missed tackles 6.6 yards after contact per attempt and ran 14 routes to rookie tristan ebner six who recall ebner was known for his calling card as a pass catching back Herbert, of course, lapped him. We also remember that it was under a different coaching staff, but last year in four starts for David Montgomery, Khalil Herbert averaged 21.8 touches per game. When Herbert touches, we want to start him as arguably a talent-based low-end RB1, at the very least touch-based high-end RB2. And that's what we will be doing again on Sleeper because he should be rostered, especially if Montgomery misses time and more than just 48% of lineups. Also, I want to discuss the sleeper of the week. Because for those in deeper leagues, where Khalil Herbert may already be rostered, there is no way a player who is rostered in 0% of sleeper leagues is rostered in your league. Thus, let's take a moment and talk about Craig Reynolds. Because what we know is that DeAndre Swift is will now presumably be held out through Detroit's week six bye with a sprained shoulder. Dan Campbell mentioned as much, saying it would, quote-unquote, be good for Swift, just to take a few weeks off and then come back on October 23rd against the Cowboys in Week 7. And we do have a little bit of a sample here. Reynolds has handled 11 touches the past two games behind Jamal Williams, but more importantly, this is the same coaching staff that, in the lone game Craig Reynolds played with Jamal Williams healthy, and DeAndre Swift absent last year in week 16, Craig Reynolds handled 100% of the team's running back targets, out-targeted Jamal Williams 4-0, to and also handled 14 touches to Jamal Williams 19. We fully expect Williams to be the lead running back anytime Swift is out, especially when he's healthy. He will lead this team in backfield touches. Do not get confused. But at the same time, if we get DeAndre Swift's touches in place of and for Craig Reynolds, we just hand those touches to Craig Reynolds, then of course, he's a tremendous starter behind an offensive line that's leading the league and paving the way for yards before contact. We want Craig Reynolds behind this Detroit offensive line. So that is the sleeper pick of the week for deeper leagues, 10-man benches, 14-team leagues, someone I'm excited to watch play in place of Swift moving forward. Head to sleeper.com or download the latest at today. I also want to talk about the Titans passing game because you wouldn't know it from the box score. Because in the box score, Robert Woods led this team in target share, a team high 33.3% target share. But he quietly ran fewer routes than Traylon Burks, who was on the field for 29 routes, which is 97% of Ryan Tannehill's dropbacks against the Raiders. Although Burks only saw one target, and it was Woods who popped instead, I don't worry about that too much. Just remember, in his first two games, Burks earned a 35% target per route run rate, extremely high. Now, Kyle Phillips, remember, has been dealing with this injury. He only ran 10 routes in that blowout on Monday night. He was inactive this past game. Kyle Phillips is only rostered in 7% of sleeper leagues. He's still a player I want in deep benches. I have him stashed in a lot of deeper leagues myself. But if Traylon Burks, for whatever reason, is out there, we it's the best of both worlds because we got the usage, but maybe our league mates don't know we got the usage since the targets didn't come, even though the targets previously did come. So now was the time to bid on Traylon Burks before you see the proof, before you see those targets happen. Yes, I do question how pass heavy the Titans offense will be. So even if Burks continues this usage, he may be boomer bust. He may be volatile, just like his prospect profile. But anytime a receiver is running 97% of routes, we have to be on the situation. And right now, the dam just exploded for Traylon Burks to emerge down the stretch. We need to be ahead of our league makes for that. And yes, in deeper leagues, I am still definitely trying to pick up Kyle Phillips. We also saw something interesting from the Packers wide receivers against the Bucs, because without Christian Watson, who suffered a hamstring injury in Wednesday's practice, Matt LaFleur said, and Sammy Watkins, who just went on IR, we saw Romeo Dobbs lead the team in targets with 8, a 22.8% target share, 8 receptions, and 73 receiving yards. We also know that Dobbs and Alan Lazard, who returned in Week 2, have now played two games together, and Dobbs out-targeted Lazard 11-9. to The difference is Lazard has the team's only two end zone targets the past two weeks and has converted them to make up 58% of his fantasy points since he's only averaging three catches per game to go along with those two touchdowns. So I think rest of season, if you told me to bet now, I'm actually betting on Romeo Dobbs over Alan Lazard. And I understand and appreciate what Alan Lazard does for this offense inside the 10-yard line. I appreciate that Aaron Rodgers trusts him in the end zone, perhaps more so than Romeo Dobbs. But I trust the target share more than a player skating by on three catches per game. And remember, this is what Alan Lazard has done for his entire career and averaging just over three career receptions per game. So those touchdowns have to come along. And I'm not saying they can't come along. I'm just... Asking you to question, ask yourself, what is sustainable? And Dobbs's target share in an ambiguous and wide-open target tree is very much, much more sustainable than Alan Lazard's just scoring touchdowns, in my opinion. So that's how I look at them right now, especially since Romeo Dobbs is available in a majority of leagues on sleeper. For much deeper leagues, I know people want to go to the waiver wire and – Dabble with Mac Hollins because Hollins has actually turned Hunter Renfro's concussion the past two games into 13 catches, 224 receiving yards, and one score, and has seen a 21.5% target share in that time. He's actually out-targeted Devontae Adams 18-17 in that stint. My only concern though is that when Hunter Renfro returns, it's not the routes I'm worried about. The routes will be there as they were in week one when Hollins ran a route on roughly 88% of the team's dropbacks. It's that one target he got in week one, whenever Raiders target tree then becomes Devontae Adams, Darren Waller, Hunter Renfro. How does Mac Hollins survive that? I don't know if he will. And so that's my only question right now and how much fab I put on Mac Collins. I'm not going to be aggressive. I understand what has happened the past two weeks could come back to Honest, but I don't want to be aggressive thinking that Hunter Renfro is still going to soak up the target share that Matt Collins has received the past two games. Let's move along to some deep cuts to end the show. Starting with Robert Cunyon. Cunyon's snaps quietly for the Packers have increased for all three games to open the year. 36%, 40%, and then 58% in week three his route participation has increased in three consecutive games as well. 44%, 50%, and 59%. So what that tells us, following a season-high 20% target share against the Bucs this past week, is that Robert Tunyon is slowly getting healthier and does someone we should have in our radars because we think he can inherit low and tight end one status in the next couple of games. Juwan Johnson, I know it's a popular play in deeper leagues, but the past three games, we've seen his route participation actually go down progressively. 78%, 69%, and then a game without Taysom Hill and both Jarvis Landry and Michael Thomas injured mid-game, Juwan Johnson saw just one target in a season-low route on 59% of dropbacks, while Adam Troutman hit a season-high 28% route participation. Thus, in deeper leagues, I think it's time to cut bait, shed our losses on Juwan Johnson as are tied in two. Jalen Warren, you saw on national television, look better than Najee Harris, right? He's been the better player. The issue is that even in handling five touches and back-to-back games now, right? He's handled 21% of the Steelers' touches these past two weeks. And mind you, only four instances last year where Najee Harris was healthy, And the running backs behind Najee Harris combined for five touches. Warren's done that in back-to-back games by himself. The issue is, though, with Harris still handling 79% of the team's backfield touches, it's not enough for Warren to deliver standalone production. And more importantly, it's not enough. It's more than enough to sink Najee Harris' ceiling. Thus, Najee Harris is a low-end touch-based RB1 with little upside, and Jalen Warren is a gnat a who is a more explosive player. That's the concern for fantasy. If Warren gets the job by himself, great. If he doesn't, he's a nuisance, and that's it, but still fun to watch. You may have noticed LaVisca Schnault's 67-yard touchdown this past week on a dump-off from Baker Mayfield as he shed a few tackles and got upfield. The issue is it came on only 11 snaps and six routes run, so be very wary. I understand how hyped everyone gets, especially in deeper leagues, when they see LaVisca Chenault do anything in his career. And it's been very rare that he's done anything in his career. So maybe you should get excited about this one moment. But don't go splurging. Maybe this touchdown gives him more opportunity moving forward. But it's nothing to splurge on. So just be wary of his usage in a offense that, as sharp Football's Rich Rebar put on Twitter, is averaging the fewest touches per game among all their skill players. For James Cook, remember that 10 of 11 carries for James Cook came in the fourth quarter against the Titans in week two in these past two weeks for the Bills whenever Buffalo led 34-7. to 7. Garbage time. They had James Cook out there ending the game, killing the clock, and trying to get the hell home. So what we've seen in those seven quarters around that fourth quarter of week two the past two weeks says a lot and what we've seen is James Cook play just 22 snaps to Zach Moss's nine and Devin Singletary handle over 100 snaps it is very clear Devin Singletary from these past two games is the featured back Zach Moss is a player you can stash but you never want to play unless Singletary gets injured and James Cook maybe he's a guy in the wing but he's strictly a contingency option that's it and don't think his touches this past game, his touches the week before, or anything else. Especially because, remember, he only got those targets because Dawson Knox and Isaiah McKenzie cramped up and were dehydrated. Stephon Diggs was injured, and Gabriel Davis was injured, even though he had to be out there. Plus, Jake Kummerow suffered an ankle injury in the first quarter. Four things had to happen for James Cook to get targets. So again, be very careful about how you treat Buffalo's backfield. It is Devin Singletary a bust. And finally, in the deepest of deepest league additions, just in case Dallas Goddard does continue struggling through the shin injury he suffered, even though I think he'll be fine because he did return to the game, for all you tight end premium, premium sickos out there, just note Jack Stoll. Yes, Jack Stoll ran 16 routes behind Dallas Goddard's 24 in replacing Goddard in that game. Just note that moving forward. Reminder, all this and much much more on the waiver wire column at 444 4 football. Use the promo code dagel10 for 10% off of your sub for access. Not to mention joining us in the Discord because we have our waiver wire chat and I'm also answering waiver wire questions, start sit questions and DFS conversations with all of our friends there throughout the week. We'll be back with streamers Chris Allen, Brandon Niles, Jennifer Eakins, Tuesday. And of course, myself, John Paulson, Sam Hoppen for our week four preview show, Wednesday live on YouTube at 1 p.m. Eastern. Until then, remember, be a little bit kinder than what's required. We'll see you then.